welcome to the Neurodiverse Love Podcast. I'm Mona, and I was married for 30 years. I was in that relationship for 32, and we didn't find out we were a neurodiverse couple until our 29th year of marriage. So I've been divorced for almost four years now, and we have an amazing 25-year-old daughter who's thriving and doing great. And I am so excited to have our guest on the Neurodiverse Love Podcast tonight. His name is Dan Jones, and many of you will know him from his wor- his social media world, which is the Aspie world. So, Dan, welcome to the Neurodiverse Love Podcast. Thank you for being here. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome, awesome. So I know you have so many people out there in the world that have been listening to you and have been getting help from all the different ways that you share through social media. And so I'd like if you could share with our audience a little bit about why you started the Aspie world and have become such a presence on social media and how long you've been doing this work. Sure, I'd I'd love to. Um, So the Aspie world, um, it started back in 2013. I I was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome because back then they they did diagnose with Asperger's syndrome. Uh, But I've had enough data. Uh, diagnostic since then, so it's just ASD now. But back, so I had Asperger's diagnosis, and so Aspie was kind of like this term I'd found online when I was trying to find information, right, on mm. on autism and Asperger's and all this kind of stuff. And at one point, I was like, I just kept hitting brick walls. I couldn't find any good information on it because it was always very academic or mm-hmm. very kind of. I don't know, like clinical, like it was very, even the National Autistic Society's website, which is kind of like a gold standard here, like they're the big charity for autism here. And even their website was very like, just boring and mundane. Anyway, it led me down to go, okay, I'll try YouTube. <laughs> try YouTube. <laughs> and there was nothing. I mean, it was a couple of guys and it was so boring and and quite negative. I just felt worse after watching the videos. And it wasn't entertaining. It was bad quality. Mm-hmm. It was very negative. There was nothing there was nothing there for people to really understand from the mm-hmm. viewpoint, because when you're trying to show somebody something, it needs to be entertaining as you can lose viewers. Right. It's right. why, why right. like a story is a film. It's not just somebody sitting in front of a camera reading a book, right. It right. needs to have exactly. some excitement. So I was like, this sucks. <laughs> like, and if I'm, and if I'm experiencing this and I've just been, cause I knew nothing about it when I was diagnosed with autism, I knew nothing about autism. Right. All I'd wow. like, all I'd known is what I'd lived with the last 26 years. So right, right. I was like, Okay, so I want to know what the what, what the professionals say or whatever. Anyway, I realized everything sucked. So I was like, right, you know what? <laughs> why don't why don't I make like videos and try and make them entertaining? And, and basically, that's how it happened. I, I put some videos out to try and um, I put my first video out in like 2013, but I didn't actually start uploading regularly until 2016, really. Okay. Um, and then in 2017, it really took off for me. I won an award from YouTube. Uh, called Next Up, where they take channels between ten thousand subscribers and a hundred thousand subscribers, and they 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 look through all of these channels and they look at the top ten that are going to be like the the big ones in their eyes, and then they basically supercharge you. So they took me to London, put me up in a hotel in, in the Hilton with a bunch of other creators, gave me two grand to buy camera equipment, and then they basically I lived in the Google office and the YouTube office for like ten days, and they they trained me on how to you know best produce content, you know all about YouTube. And I really kind of like, I took a step back from that thinking like, wow, you know, maybe, maybe I can do more with this. Like, as in like, maybe I can, you know, I can believe in myself a bit more. Um, And so, yeah, so I've been doing it since 2017 properly. um, And since 2000, in in the end of 2000 and, 
uh, sorry, at the beginning of 2019, uh, it became my full-time job. So wow. here I am. Wow. Dan, I love this because I, I told you at the beginning, I was married for, you know, 30 years to my ex. And he is one of the most talented, creative human beings I have ever met in my whole life. That's not where he works, and that's not where he makes his money. He works yeah. in IT. Yeah. But he has written songs. He has done videos. He has done a short film, and he was never able to make that his living. Right. But how amazing that you were able to take this diagnosis, and you said you were 26 when you were diagnosed that's with correct. autism. Okay. So you're 26, and you can't find anything out there that's creative and helpful in a way that you can process and you just took the bull by the horn and you went out and made it yourself. And now look at how many people all over the world are being helped by your content. I love yeah, it. It's pretty, it is pretty crazy. Thank you. And I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm always one of these people, like, even when I was a kid, like I love to just make things. And so mm -hmm. when I was, when I was a kid, like I, I couldn't like if I didn't have the toys that like you know my parents couldn't afford all the toys and I came, kind of came from quite a poor background really my parents uh, lost their business we lost our house oh my goodness it was crazy uh -huh. and so I couldn't really get everything I wanted you know to play with so I used to use cardboard and I'd build things and I just loved to do that you know and I, I was always quite I'm quite an ambitious person but I'm always quite dedicated I'm like I'm going to do what I set out to do, you know? And so I said to myself, I'm going to get a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube because by the time you get a hundred thousand people following a mission, it becomes momentous. And like, you have this mm -hmm. huge momentum behind you of people who can say, okay, now we can change the world. And I did, I'm about to hit 200,000 subscribers. I know. I crazy. saw that. That, could, that is phenomenal. And what I think <laughs> is so exciting, Dan, is just because you have, let's say 200,000 subscribers, that doesn't mean anything because a lot of people no. don't subscribe. 78% of my audience don't subscribe. Oh, my gosh. So you probably have a million people out there watching your videos. Well, there's, I mean, you know, my Facebook video, I have 119,000 followers on Facebook, right? And my Facebook page, I put videos out there every single day. And some of my videos get a million views in 20 days. Like, wow. so it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And that's completely, I don't pay for advertising. I actually, I got so obsessed with, this is funny. I got so obsessed with social media, guerrilla marketing, that I'm a marketing nerd and almost like a marketing expert. <laughs> self-taught marketing as well and people pay wow. me a lot of money to teach them how to grow social media and so uh, i i just love this whole world because it's moving so fast but it really it really um it like soothes my brain because i don't know what your personality type is like but for me i have to constantly be learning something so if mm -hmm. i'm not learning something i get severely depressed right so i, I have mm -hmm. to i have to learn stuff so i'm i'm literally digesting books and you're gonna love this when I work out, I can only work out listening to audiobooks that teach me things. So and this is what I do. Because, and, it, and it came from it came from a solution, right? This is a problem versus solution thing. This is kind of what I teach as well. Because I do a lot of courses online. And mm -hmm. I have a membership website where I coach a lot of people. And one of the things I talk about is how I overcome problems. And this is a good example. I had this big dilemma in my life once where I wanted to educate myself on YouTube and social media and marketing. So I needed to read books. But... I only had a certain amount of time free in my day because, you know, working and stuff. And so then I also wanted to work out to be healthy and live longer. But it was a bit of a catch-22. I needed to live longer to do the work. And I needed the work to propel me to be able to live longer. So I was like, how am I going to merge these two together? Mm. So I decided that I'm going to download all the things I need to learn into audiobook format and listen to them whilst I go running and working out. So that's exactly what I did. And it was that a is phenomenal. 
And you know what? I wish, because this is the Neurodiverse Love Podcast. And the reason I started it, Dan, is because I was learning so much about why things went wrong in my relationship. So Mm -hmm. there was the problem, right? And the solution for me, I am a reader and I like to hold the physical book in my hands. Yeah. So I would buy the books or I would go to the library and this is when we were still separated and I would read everything I can get my hands on. And then I started going on social media and I saw your videos and other people's videos. And the more I learned, the more I was sharing with my husband at the time. I don't know how much of it he absorbed or read or whatever, but it helped me so much and now you and I are both, we're sharing what we've learned with others who maybe don't have the time or, or don't know where to look. And we're trying to make it really easy for them. I think that, that that's a different way of thinking, don't you? Like, oh, 100%. <laughs> and, you know, I, I do, you know, I do like to hold kind of books. I, I love graphic novels, but um, oh. that's kind of like the level that I can get to finishing a book at normal pace because I'm, I'm quite dyslexic. I should say quite dyslexic. I'm super dyslexic. So yeah, I use text to speech to create all my written mm, content. And I also, sorry. No, that's great. Go ahead. No, and I, and I also use, um, honestly, without my iPad, I'd probably, probably be dead right now because I highlight everything on the iPad and have it speak to me. And this is all wow. just programs that are just already loaded onto your iPhone and iPad. And so Apple has changed the way I live. Like I literally, I'm, I'm in the middle of, of planning. I'm writing a book called, um, uh, you know, how I made a million dollar empire on a, on, a, on a, like the, the iPad millionaire, you know, how to make a million dollars on just an iPad. And it's because I'm growing my company. We haven't hit millions on over yet, but we're going to, and we're, I've done it just through an iPad. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, I do. I, I think that when we when we see our lives as opportunities for improvement and learning versus being depressed and going down a black hole because we can't do things or we mm-hmm. think we can't do things, it changes our trajectory forever. I mm-hmm. absolutely believe that. So, you know, I was listening to a podcast one day and the the host said, you can turn your mess into a message. And mm. that's what you've done. You know, somebody else who was diagnosed at 26 might have gotten depressed mm. and not gotten out of bed, not worked, not sought a relationship. And you've done all these things plus, and just think about all the people you're helping. I, I just think it's phenomenal. And and I, I really, I really want to talk to you about like your relationship with Naomi. Now, I don't know Naomi, but I know you talk about her. So I I, I, <laughs> I'm using her name, but we don't have to. So That's fine. Um, I know you guys have been together. What is it? Um, eight, nine, 10 years. How long have you been together? 13. Oh my gosh, 13. Okay. So I must've seen some old videos. So you've been together 13 years. Yeah. Can you tell me what attracted you to Naomi and what you think attracted her to you? Yeah, sure. So she's seen me on television because um, oh. I was doing, um, I did some media stuff. I wrote a book on Star Wars. I know it sounds bizarre. Oh. I mean, we'll skip over this part. I've got a best-selling book out. <laughs> really? Yeah, I do in three languages. Oh. Um, and it's all about Star Wars philosophy and how you can, it's kind of like introducing people to Buddhism via Star Wars, right? So oh, that's, that's the idea of it. Because I always feel like, you know, and not to get too religious, but I feel like if people understood God to them, then they could... Mm-hmm they could experience life on a greater level. Right. So um, I decided like I would try and, you know, 
educate people on spirituality in a very way, a very cool way where they can become spiritual beings just by knowing stuff they already know. And so anyway, I wrote this book, it was on TV. And so she'd seen me on TV and thought, you know, I was hot or whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> I love it. And then, and, then, and she was a, she was a checkout girl in, uh, in our, in our grocery store. And, um, uh-huh, and I'd, uh-huh. I'd seen her about like, you know, and, but what really happened is I went to do a, I was a guest speaker to talk about media and how to work the media because I'd done this stuff in my book. Like I did a media tour and all this stuff. So the local college asked me to come in and do this talk. So I came in to do a talk and that, and Naomi was one of the students in there. And so she was super creative. Yeah. She was a dancer um, oh. and she was like doing all this stuff. She was like a dancing course and, and she, was really taken by like you know I'm a, I'm a multi-musician as well I'm a self-taught multi-musician so she'd heard wow. about some of my music so I've, I've got I'm in a band and I'm signed to some record labels I've got a record out in Japan a record, record out in the US <laughs> like I've done, I, I've done a lot of stuff oh my goodness yeah do you and, um, sleep Dan do you sleep I know you know very little um <laughs> and my mind's always going you know and I'm on medication now, but like before having medication, I'd literally wake up in the middle of the night and have to write that oh I still do but I don't know why I said I used to but I still do but not as much um I like wake up with ideas and I'm like, I have to execute this idea right now. So I have to like go. Wow. So I feel sleep is a bit of a burden to be totally honest with you. It's sad, isn't it? Like, No, um, I, I think my ex felt that way too. Yeah. I'd get up to go to the bathroom and he'd still be up at four or five o'clock in the yeah. morning, you know? Yeah. So I, I get it. Well, I, so, I used to fall asleep on my desk when I used to live in my parents' house. Like I, I wake up and I'd have like, you know, the keys like imprinted on my face from my keyboard. I'm like, oh, what time is it? You know, like, um, I used to be up late learning Chinese and stuff because uh, oh things got fascinating. Okay, I know. So, so, so Naomi is so, creative and yeah. you're creative. Yes. And who asked who out? So she wanted, she has this pro- basically off the back of my, my short lecture, she had to do a project. And so okay. um, I knew her through some friend circles. And so I, um, and I never, I've ne- we'd never been on a date ever. You know, we, we, I've never dated anyone. I've never taken anyone on a date. I've never been to like a bar with like a girl and things. So this is totally new for me, right? I've only ever wow. had girlfriends that were friends that I knew uh-huh. through friends. That was just kind of like, you know, and it was all rubbish anyway. And so, because um, <laughs> nothing lasted, you know, nothing lasted. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because like, you know, I'm a difficult person, you know, it's also <laughs> an easy thing to deal with. Sure. And so Naomi, um, she just, uh, I, we added each other on MySpace, and that was kind of the, oh, that was wow. the thing back then, right? Yeah. Yes, I and remember. And so I just kind of, like, messaged her and said, like, hey, you know, do you, do you want to hang out or whatever? She's like, yeah. So I was like, okay. So <laughs> we just hung out, and that was it. And we kind of just, it was weird because I didn't know the, I didn't know the social kind of rules of, of relationships. We just kind of, like, hung out, and you know, we fooled around a bit. But, like, in terms of, like, being boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, like, that whole thing mm-hmm. was just, like, I didn't really know how to do it. So I ended up kind of like, you know, we've been seeing each other for a while and I don't know if it's TD, but you know, we've been sleeping together and stuff like that. But then in, in the end, like I was like, well, I mean, we're basically in a relationship, so we should like go out and stuff. She's like, yeah. Okay. So it was really like this really awkward kind of <laughs> I love it. But it was really cool. And, and nobody knew. I didn't tell anybody. About it. I never, I never, spe- you know, I never speak to my parents about my relationships. Uh, I've never oh. ever spoken to my parents about my relationships. Uh, nobody. I don't speak to anyone. Even now? Me. Even, Even now, now, yeah, I don't talk. No, I, I don't talk to them about it. I mean, they know we're, you know, see, we're <laughs> we're living together. We have a child and right, all stuff. Right, but, right. but in terms of, I'll never tell them any ins and outs. I'm very, I'm very. Uh, I don't know how to to communicate that out. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't even speak to my friends about it. You know, I'm very, I'm very conservative in that respect because I don't know any other way <laughs> right, right, right. to talk about it. 
So, so how old were you? This is so interesting. How old were you when you and Naomi started hanging out? How old were you? Uh, she was 18, just turning 18. So she was between 17 and 18. And I was, um, uh, oh God, how old was I? Jesus. She how is, old? She, I think I'm four or five years older than Naomi. So okay. I was in my twenties, my early twenties. Okay. And um, you hadn't been diagnosed yet, or had you? No, I, I hadn't. Think. This is this is a key. Co- so everything yeah, is. everything falls Go into ahead. place, right? So so Naomi, Naomi, meeting Naomi was a key component to me finding out who I really was, actually. Mm. So I hadn't been diagnosed at this moment in time, but her mother is a mental health nurse. So, oh, wow. So we'd go down the rabbit hole when I started uh-huh. meeting folks. It's like, well, actually, both of her parents, uh, you know, her, her late father was also a mental health nurse, but, mm. but her mother is a mental health nurse. And so we went down this like rabbit hole like a mother when i started getting introduced to her mother and stuff she was like his dad uh <laughs> on the spectrum and he's like i don't know what it means and then, so she asked me to be like you autistic i was like i don't know what that means <laughs> and then really? so um oh wow and she was like oh that's interesting and the at the exact same time i was actually doing a an access to science course because i left school with no because i went to school and then like i started school in 97 so there was like nothing available for autism support where i lived um sure. i was in special ed classes but it was a lot of rubbish right. you know it yeah. wasn't just rubbish right. and so um i left school no qualifications a bugger all and then i decided that i always wanted to be a scientist so i, I have a degree in chemistry now but in order wow. for me to pursue this degree and that was cool and you know for my dissertation i created a teaching tool in minecraft like that's what i did oh. for my last year it's amazing and um, have you released that anywhere? I, I haven't mean, yet. No, you can oh, you can see it though. I do have a YouTube video of it. I get it's do? not anywhere. Yeah, if you email me, I can send you the link for it. But okay. it's, it's, it's private. You know, you can, you can check it out. Okay. It was amazing. And actually, th- there's something about chemistry is so romantic. I love that it is so difficult when you look at it on the onset, but when you actually really understand it, it's actually quite simple. And I think there's there's a romance there. And so I created this teaching tool. Anyway, regardless, when I was doing my um, when I was doing my um, access to science, because I had to get myself up to academic skill level before they'd accept me and all this nonsense. And so um, the woman that I was on this course with, a lovely woman called Heather, who are really good friends now, um, she was like, hey, my, you remind me a lot of my, my eldest and uh, my eldest son, uh, Rory, he's uh, he's on the spectrum. He's got Asperger's syndrome. And I was like, what on earth is that? And it happened because she's, she was eating a banana and eating a coffee, right? So she finished the uh-huh. banana and the coffee, put the banana peel in the coffee cup and says to me, hey, can you put that in the bin? I was like, yeah, sure. So I just chucked the whole thing in the bin. She's like, you just chucked a ceramic cup in the bin. I was like, yeah, he told me to. And she's like, yeah, but the, <laughs> the banana peel, what's wrong with you? I was like, oh my goodness. You know, like, <laughs> I didn't know what you meant. I, I took it super literal, right? And, right, so, right. and then, so I said, uh, I was like, okay. And she said, look, my son is exactly the same, blah, 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 Asperger's syndrome. And so this kind of whole thing kind of just knit together to them. That's how we wow. kind of like my girlfriend. And do you know what's really funny? Naomi what? was uh, studying. She she progressed from college, um, doing her dance class in college. She progressed to go to university because here in the UK, we have like technical college and then university. That's mm-hmm. how we separate the nomenclature. And so when she, she got enough points from doing her dance classes that she could actually go to uh, university to do childhood studies and development. And she did it specifically yeah. in autism, right? Which is interesting. She has wow. a degree on in autism and childhood studies. So, so she was learning about stuff and thinking like, oh my, and it kind of the pinnacle came when we started watching the Big Bang Theory. She said, why <laughs> do all of these men remind me of my partner? <laughs> what is it? Because like, I'm a super nerd. Like, I collect comic books and, you know, we went to comic cons and stuff, you know. Right, 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 right. Wow. You know, taking her out on a date, you know, I made it like we went to, um, uh, you know, I talk, say about taking to dates, but we didn't go to dates. I went to a friend of mine's birthday party. I'm, I made us dress up like uh, Starfleet. So we were like, <laughs> <dressed as trackies. laughs> and then 
the first outing I think we went on, we went to Comic Con. Oh and, my uh, gosh, I love it. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously I wrote a book on Star Wars. I mean, you know, you can't. Right, right, right. You know. It's it's yeah. definitely your special interest, but it sounds like you have a lot of amazing creative talents and special interests, and it sounds like your mind just never stops. So you know, by the time you're eighty, I can't even imagine what you will have done with your life. I mean, well, if you've done all this in just a short amount of time, I mean, I it's amazing. It's amazing. So, so Dan, there's no limits. This is this is, there is what, no limits. right. This is what I feel like the Neurodiverse Love Podcast is about too. There's no limits in a neurodiverse relationship, and there shouldn't be limits for either partner. No. And I think for too long we've focused on the differences as negatives. Yeah. And, and that's not cool. And and I look back at my marriage. I mean, 32 years is a long time to be with somebody. It's a huge I, amount of time. It is. And you know, I still care deeply about my ex, and I just think he is an amazing human being. Yeah. However, when you look at your relationship through a neurodiverse lens, and it sounds like you know, you've been doing this and Naomi's been doing this for a long time, looking at yeah. it through a neurodiverse lens. You have complementary strengths and skills. So when you look at your differences, how do you guys see them? Like, let's talk first about maybe um, accommodations that you might make for Naomi and she might make for you. Because, you know, you're two different neurotypes. hundred percent. What, what does that look like for you guys? Well, first of all, it was very Steve Silverman of you. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Um, okay. In, in terms, in terms of um, accommodations, you know, it's really funny. Like, I think one of the things we struggle with the most, right, as a relationship, is um, me being able to communicate effectively mm -hmm. um, how I feel about something, right? Mm. And because because emotional regulation is super difficult. I and it looks as though I'm angry or or, or short tempered, right? But I'm not. I'm a very pleasant i mean you can hear me now I'm not mm -hmm. not an angry person right no but but if you if you if you meet me in real life if you spend 24 hours with me you'd be like god this guy's fiery as heck <laughs> and it's not it's it's, it's a biological impulse mm -hmm. and this is the interesting thing about neurodiverse brain types is there's a biological impulse that is is reacting to the actions of fight or flight constantly yeah and so you know i'm not able to explain myself in 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 the moment in that like umbop of a moment because at that split second Naomi needs me to tell her hey sorry I was just uh, you know sidetracked here I'm thinking about this project I'm working on and then you know my my kid spilled milkshake all over me and then I was about to tell you something but instead I kind of was like ah freaking out because I'm not covered in milkshake and I'm you know my mind is somewhere else right but I can't say that in the moment because it's all happening at once mm -hmm. and so this is one of the biggest hurdles now accommodations is we have this thing where if if I can, if, if if we're getting into a heated debate, I'll say that. Uh -huh. We don't really argue about you know like people. We don't have arguments. You know, there's nothing to really argue about. But that we we can become you know we have rows and 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 become uh, argumentative about certain things. But what happens is I have to take myself out of the situation so I can mm -hmm. take time to assess it and then come back. And that does not mean that I don't care about the situation. It just means that I need to actually fully understand the situation first. So no, he really accommodates that for me. And then on the flip side, sometimes she just needs time because it is demanding. You know, if you're yeah. if you're if you're with somebody, you know, Sonomi's neurotypical, and she's with somebody's neurodiverse, right? So that's a that's a big task, you know, to like mm -hmm. twenty four seven being their carer basically, making sure that I'm not freaking out. You know, that's 
it's a huge task and mm -hmm. she does it really well and i think you know she does deserve a medal really but in terms of in terms of the accommodations i have to realize that you know sometimes she wants to have time out and i have to kind of go okay well okay i get it she's gonna she's gonna go to the next room and it does not mean she doesn't care and because i i kind of that's another thing you know like i used to even though we needed time out i used to think to myself oh no i've done something wrong I'm really really upset and now she's annoyed she's never gonna speak to me ever again because mm -hmm. that's what it feels like yeah it yeah. feels like she's never ever going to speak to me again because i don't know what to expect and you can tell me to you blue in the face that it's just people taking time out but at that moment in time it feels like that so i've had to make accommodations to go okay dan just chill you know we'll assess the situation mm -hmm. once nobody comes back in the room or once but you know later on after dinner or something i don't know and so there are accommodations there to kind of you, you have to there's there's a few kind of uh, i don't know the best way to explain it there's a few things that i do I, I love learning about communication mm -hmm. and I love there's this there's this thing about having like communication uh, or a like towards somebody and also having um, real shared reality with that person right so mm -hmm. if one of those things fails a little bit yeah then, then all of them fail so if so for instance if me and Naomi are sitting down and we're we're in the living room so we're we're, we're in this reality of living sharing this together but I see something that upsets her we break communication we have a lack of affinity towards each other right because yeah we're not like, you know, communicating on a level. And so our reality gets completely dis disbanded. Like I'm looking out the window, she's looking at the TV, you know what I mean? So, yeah. but so what I do is I try to kind of look at those, those three parts every time we have any kind of like, if I realize that, Hey, we're not sharing the same space. So maybe I should be a bit more, put a bit more communication effort in. So I'll try and bring up a conversation about something that would cause a good affinity, you know, something that mm -hmm. should make it feel good. So that's kind of like, an ongoing thing that I'm trying to think about, you know, I can't remember where I read it, but I, I read it. I was like, well, this is crazy, but it was really interesting. I love that. So you're saying there's three pieces and I was trying to capture all of them. So shared, um, shared like, yeah, shared space. Yeah. Uh -huh. Between each other, uh, communicating, you know, so backwards and forwards, you yeah. say something, I say something. And then, um, the, the likeness towards each other. Okay. So that is really, really important. So I want to go back a little to the accommodation piece, because I think this is going to be really, really helpful for our listeners. Okay. And Dan, just so you know, I've had neurodiverse couples on the podcast where the woman is autistic, and then I've had other couples where the man is autistic. Yeah. And I've had neurotypicals come on by themselves. But I think you may be the first autistic man that's come on by himself so what you're sharing is going to be really really important to both our autistic and our neurotypical listeners and i think the accommodation piece that you talked about was really really important because i can tell you there were nights in my marriage where i went on and on screaming crying and just repeating myself and getting nowhere yep. and just dysregulating myself dysregulating my ex if my daughter was listening i was probably dysregulating her oh, we man. didn't know we were neurodiverse you know we didn't know we were a neurodiverse couple and what i should have done is walked away and said yeah. let's come back to this in a few hours tomorrow morning i never wanted to go to sleep angry at my partner and my husband yes. Yes. and that is not necessarily going to work in a neurodiverse relationship no. yeah no, I, right <laughs> and you know you end up kind of thinking you're going crazy though right yes. because you're like oh, absolutely. You, you kind of think am i 
am I going insane? Like, you know, I'm actually going to pull my hair out in a minute because I don't know what's going on anymore. What? It, and you know what's interesting, though, is you can see from that example that you guys broke communication, you have yes. less affinity for each other, and yes. the reality dropped straight away. Yes, absolutely. So, but you just have to get one of those back on track, and it starts to fix the other two. You know what I mean? It's kind of like propping up a stool. It but, is. But you know what's, what's really interesting is, you know, I always say this, and, and I the same thing, and you can think about this in in a way of sensory um, uh, sensory processing accommodations, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How how a relationship can can thrive between um, two people who who are in a neurodiverse or some neurodiverse kind of relationship is if there's an issue at that moment in time, it can never be resolved at that moment in time because there's too much there's too much complications going on for the, anybody to really understand the, the the scope of the situation i so love that i right? love that i just have to stop you hold hold that thought for one second i love that let's repeat that particular piece for the audience okay. if if there is a problem if there is a fight if there's an argument going on in that moment it cannot usually i mean <laughs> yeah. i don't want to give a percentage most of the time, most yeah. of the time not be resolved in that moment and explain why as an autistic man why do you say that and is that your truth why of course the reason it can never be resolved most of the time in that mm -hmm. situation is because the situation is the is the current response you're feeling mm -hmm. so, the, so so the reasons why that happened or the solution or the potential towards solution of that problem can never be understood in that moment because you're not in that mind frame. You're you're looking at hey, there's a negative thing going on right now. I'm sweating. Yeah. My my clothes are sticking to me. Uh, now she's mad at me. Um, I have to get out. I need to get some air. You're not you're not thinking about the situation from the actual problem versus solution. You're looking at the situation, saying what is actually happening to my body right now. You know, and and so like in a, in a in an environment where if you take your kid shopping and your kid's neurodiverse and they start having a meltdown, you take them straight out of that that store and yes. you go to the car, you put the aircon on and you yes. chill. Yes. It's exactly the same. A relationship is kind of like a meltdown between two people and you need to calm down before and then look at what was going on. And it may take a day. Yeah. You know, I've had it where it's, it's been a week, you know, yeah. Yeah. and, and it may, and this is another thing. And I, I want to encourage people to don't give up because if you say, Hey, do you get it? And they say the neurodiverse person says, yeah, I get it. And then the next time they do the same thing, it doesn't mean that they don't get it. It just means that they haven't fully grasped the concept in the way that you you were explaining it, maybe, or the way that we thought it was right. You know what I mean? It's yes, kind of like a trial and error process. You have to kind of, and that's why, you know, and I always go off this, this saying, right? Anything that is worth having should be hard work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do. And and the hard work doesn't mean that you give up the harder it gets. If you mm -hmm. love your partner, and I think this is really important because I think people fall out of love in any kind of relationship because they don't want to do the work. And so um, I never fell out of love. You know, I still love mm -hmm. my, my ex. I'm not in love with him, but I never yeah, fell sure. out of love during mm -hmm. our marriage because I always held on to hope. And I think this is an important thing, again, for our listeners to know, if there's hope that you're willing to change, because the only person you can change is yourself, uh -huh. then I think there's hope for the relationship. Because if I didn't scream at my, uh, my ex when I knew we, when I didn't know we were neurodiverse, 
I don't think that he would have reacted the way he did. And the way he reacted, Dan, was with shutdowns. So he would just totally shut down. He never melted down during our marriage until our separation. But, But it's so important for there to be space when the 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 nervous systems get dysregulated. And so many of us neurotypicals don't understand that, Dan. We don't get it. (laughs) No, and it comes from a fact, and the reason, and it's good that you touched on that, the reason you need space is because you need to accumulate space. What happens when you go into shutdown or, or um, or a burnout or you go into a meltdown is that your actual space of reality becomes shorter and shorter. You stop, you can't see you know 20 feet down the road like mm-hmm. literally you, you you're sitting there looking at your you, looking at your feet you're looking at your mm-hmm. body you're, you're shutting down mm-hmm. what happens when you when you go out of that situation you start to expand your space you know you start mm-hmm. to realize okay there is a wall there you know and this is one of those i calm down okay there is the curtain there there is the carpet here i'm in this room everything's okay i'm alive okay now I'm grounded. Let's go back to the situation. So you need to expand that space before you can share that space, right? Yeah. And this is another thing that I want to say to you about problems. Now, this is this is kind of, I found this mind-blowing. I don't know if anybody else will, but I think it's worth mentioning. Perhaps. So I always used to see problems, right? If you say, oh, I've got a problem. Oh, a problem. It's a negativity. A problem sounds like there is a, a straight road I'm walking down and from A to B, but there's this huge wall in the middle of it. That wall is the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I came to a realization that a problem always has a solution, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. So if you know that a problem has a solution, what are we left with? Well, the only there's only one variable. You do not have a problem. You have a potential towards solution. Now, if mm-hmm. you look at everything as a potential towards solution, then all you're doing is waiting to actually execute the, the solution. So you can take the worry, anxiety, and stress away from the problem because all you're doing is wait, I'm either waiting for or executing a potential towards solution. Oh my and gosh. That's super impressive, important. I am stealing that, Dan. I am, <laughs> I am totally stealing that. So I love that because I was, a, I, I have always been a perpetual optimist. Sure. And so when my ex would start talking about something in a very negative tone, because he always found the problems, <laughs> or <laughs> almost always found the problems. And it, 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 it was one of the reasons I had to separate from him. I couldn't handle the negative pessimism, right? Yeah, yeah, the pessimism and the negativity and that and that gray cloud that followed him everywhere. Right. Yeah. And so and so instead of this would have been a great reframing for both of us, instead of looking at the negativity and the problem, we could have said, okay well, yeah there's a solution there's always the opportunity yeah. to turn that around and say what is the potential that we need to address towards the solution 100%. love it love because, it, love it, love because it. what would have happened is you would have expanded space between each other and yes. you would then have a shared reality that was yes. so strong because you're both working towards this solution right do you know what's really interesting you talk about optimism and pessimism people always ask me like you know because Okay, I do a lot of like keynote speeches, and when I yeah. do keynotes, I kind of like like to get people pumped about life, you know, like yeah. a, let's flip the table and jump up and down, <laughs> and like people are just like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, life, it was, you know, and it's funny because people say to me, so is your glass half empty or half full? And I say, listen, and I say same things to everybody. I say, look, my glasses, I don't care if the glass is empty or full. I'm just thankful I have a glass. Let's sit down at this table and let's talk. Oh, this I is love interesting. It. I, I know. Love 
Exactly. You know, one of the things we never stop to realize is how thankful we are for, for the life we have. The fact that we're breathing right now is pretty amazing. What is it, like 4 trillion to 1 is the chances of you being a human? <laughs> That's pretty impressive, <laughs> dude, right? So, like, when people say to me, is your glass half full or half empty? I think, like, I don't care. I've got a glass. I'm rocking this right now. Let's move forward. There's plenty of people in the world who don't have a glass. Let's forget the differences here. I love that. I love that, Dan. Again, we all are different. No matter what our neurotype is, no matter where we live, no matter what our sex, our, our uh, gender identity, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're all no, different. We're matter. all different, right? Of course. And so when we look at the, how the differences create negative things, that's what we're steeped in. But when we look at the differences as opportunities to learn and improve and grow, mm. amazing things can happen. Amazing things can happen. And, and you're, you're doing that, you know, we're doing that with the podcast. And yeah. I think the whole neurodiversity idea is changing so much quite rapidly because of social media. I mean, because people, I mean, I'm 58 and you're much younger than me. I'm 58. A little bit. <laughs> and there, you know, I knew nothing about a podcast. I knew nothing sure. about social media. I, you know, this is your world. This is my daughter's world. <laughs> but I decided if I was going to share this message, I was going to have to do it in the way that I could reach people all over the world. Yeah. And so I took a chance. I took a risk. I think the same thing applies in neurodiverse relationships, love relationships and mm -hmm. friendships taking a chance on something that's different you read my mind you. okay so you go go with that because i no. know you're gonna have something to share go ahead sure you know it's funny i, I literally just did a uh, a talking show with with bbc3 today on their radio show and it was a i was on there with with justin the host and it was a it was a, a gentleman on there in, in his 50s called george and he he diagnosed asperger's syndrome and he came on and george is like oh I've never had a relationship, you know, I'm this 50 year old virgin. Like I can't, I, I repel women, all this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm only laughing by the way, because this is completely untrue. He, he won't repel women. And um, he was after some advice and he'd like tried going on the undateables, which is this wretched television show, which kind of like uses people as a entertainment, uh, you know, mm. people with disabilities entertainment, horrible thing. And he mm. said, I've been rejected from that. Even, you know, like mm. at the end of my tether, I said, George, there's, there's, you know, there's an app called Hickey, H-I-K-I, that you right. can download, and there's a bunch of neurotypical, sorry, there's a bunch of neurodiverse people on there, um, and separate to neurotypical dating, and they're just like you, and they're looking for exactly the same thing, friendship, relationship, romantic relationships, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I know already that I'm going to be rejected. I said, okay, stop it. Right. That <laughs> right there, right, the, uh -huh. the, 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 just give it a chance, and, and like I said, he didn't realize how lucky he was to even have the ability to try it. Right, right. He instantly said no because he 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 was reflecting on past kind of like oh it's never happened before why should I believe in it now? Right. And I said to him, do you think when um you know uh, Thomas Edison was sitting down and he got to his like you know 999th experiment he was like oh it's never going to happen no yeah, he wrote each and every going. one of those down and he got to the like thousands experiment and he said. He, oh, I have a light bulb now, and you, <laughs> you know, yes, it's wrote, true. It, it is true, and he wrote every single one of the failed attempts down to show mm -hmm. that. It, and like there was another example where there was a the gold rush in America, in your country. Um, there was a uh, gold <laughs> rush, and everyone went to the hills, and this guy was selling uh, or renting mining equipment out so people could mine right. um, all of the, the the stuff. And this guy was like mining and mining, and mining, and mining, and he said, "Oh, it's never going to happen. I'm going to give up." So. 
he said, he said to the guy who rented the mining equipment, he said, look, you can keep the mining equipment if you want for a bit. I've got it on lease, so you might as well use it, but there's nothing in there, mate, and I'm going somewhere else. And so this guy literally mined about, I don't know, six or seven feet and found a gold. lot of gold, right? Of course. <laughs> so you don't know how far, you don't know how far or how close you are to right. actually striking gold. I mean, that's where that comes from. And I know I speak in parables a lot, but like, I love it. it it's the only way you can really conjure the 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 severity of of like you're alive dude you know like let's do this man like right. i'm pumped man i'll be there i'm coaching you on bro you know like there are there are so many women out there for this guy george i just wanted to realize that you know and there's people yeah. are gonna love him for who he is but he just needs to believe in himself and that in relationships is one of the biggest things you know if yes. i didn't have the confidence to say to naomi hey should we hang out which I, I almost didn't. I almost didn't ask her. You know, we would yeah, never right. been here. I wouldn't have my son, who's the most beautiful thing in the world. Like, I, I feel so blessed. It's like the most amazing thing ever. But I would never have been there because right. I wouldn't have taken that chance. And I'm so glad. And now I take all chances. Some of them don't pay off. But that's the yeah. idea of taking a risk and a chance, you know? Life was like four trillion to one. <laughs> Let's go, man. Let's go. All those sperm, right? That you're Dude, it's not, not even that. I mean, you think of the billions of, of years we've been traveling through space yeah. to get to this point. Yeah. It's, it's mind-boggling, Dan. It's mind-boggling. And, and I so agree with you. In the beginning when I started doing this work, and it's only been like a year and a half that we've had the podcast, I had people, and mostly women, but some men, um, some were autistic and some were neurotypical, writing me or sending yeah. me a DM and saying, why are you doing this? Uh-huh. You're divorced and, you know, aren't you moving on with your life? And I said, I'm doing this because I want to educate others to improve outcomes because my relationship didn't have to turn out the way it did, but it did. And I am thriving and I am happy and I am doing great, but I have learned so much that if there are people out there that would like to hear I want to share my message and my story. And you did the same thing, Dan. And so I feel like we're both talking in a, in a lot of ways from the same page regarding relationships. I asked my ex out. He didn't ask me out. I, I said, you know, I go to this club and, you know, on the weekends, you think you might like to go. And he jumped at the chance, right? Yeah and, yeah, yeah. and and I'm the one who said, oh, we should move in together. And I'm the one who said, it's time for us to get married. But, <laughs> you know, I had to guide him a little bit, but he went yeah. along and, you know, we had an amazing daughter, we have an amazing daughter and we ha- had an amazing life together. But you have to take a chance on doing something that feels good, even though it might be scary. And I want to say that to neurodiverse couples, even though it might feel scary to learn more about your partner's neurotype, whether you're Mm -hmm. autistic or neurotypical, you can do it. But you both have to do it, Dan, right? I mean, if if you were the only one doing it and Naomi wasn't or vice versa, how would that work? How would that work? Yeah, you'd be like half in. You'd be, one of you would be in the pool and the other wouldn't, right? So how would you know what the water feels like? <laughs> Ooh, like you, I like that. No, it's yeah. true. You know, if you if you just stood at the edge of the pool, you're never going to know. Right. And you have to take that risk, you know. And and I, I only think like that because I remember I was in. Um, there's another uh, quite big YouTuber called Fathering Autism. I don't know if you've come across these. And yes. uh, Ace yeah. is a good friend of mine, and. Uh, I was at VidCon and Asa was at VidCon and he's like, I've got this Airbnb, dude, you come over, we're going to have this, this like barbecue party. And I was like, yeah, okay. So me and my assistant uh, and some of my staff who were in VidCon with me, 
we, we after our talk, uh, I did a big panel talk at VidCon in, in LA, and we went to Aces Airbnb with like Abby and the other families and stuff like that. It was really cool. Okay. And everyone was going in this pool, and I'm always like, I can't deal with wet. I can't deal with dirty. I can't deal with windy and rainy. Like I can't deal with those things, right? Sensory okay. wise. Okay. But everyone was like, "You got to go in the pool, bro." You know, look. And I said, "That pool is <laughs> freezing." I, we're in we're in LA, by the way. And I put my hand in the pool. And I thought, "I'm out of water. It's freezing." I said, "No, nah, it's okay. You climatize when you get in there. It's fine. It's just like you're hot because you're outside." So anyway, I took the risk. I was like, "You know what? I've got my swimming swimming trunks with me. I'm just gonna go." So I went in the pool. It was freezing cold. Mm. But after about ten to fifteen minutes of climatizing. It was good and I had such a lot of fun and I loved being in the pool and it was really great. You know, I was hanging out with like everybody and it was such a good experience. And so that's why I feel like if I never go in the pool, how are you supposed to know what the water feels like? You know? Amen. 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 And and I think that's a great, great lesson for a lot of folks who are afraid. And Dan, I think that in relationships, there's a lot of fear that comes up. And oh, yeah. when you know that the person that you're with thinks different and processes different than you do, it can be really challenging. And I would love to hear, like you, I don't know if Naomi is on the same page as you are as far as processing things. And, right. and um, you know, you said she's creative, but do you have similar ways of thinking? What are the differences and how do you guys work through that? Like if you're Speedy Gonzalez and she wants yeah. to take her time or vice versa, can you talk well, about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I will. And I just, I just, but I just wanted to, to say something about fear. You said about yeah. fear, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's funny because fear comes from the fact that your fear of failure, that's what they right. should call it, right? right? Right. There's this term in Facebook called fail and fail hard that's their motto mm. right and what that means is that everybody in facebook they fail because when you fail something you know exactly where you went wrong yeah and so you know if if you if you don't take a risk because of fear of failure you already fail i agree so i agree 100 percent. there's no way you're gonna win right right quit is never win but tryers yep. have the ability to win so getting back to me Naomi. um so my That's brain a great is... point, though, Dan. It is a great point. I mean, if you hadn't started doing what you started doing on social media, again, there's no way for you to know how many people you're reaching because <laughs> not everybody's going to contact you. There, there could be millions <laughs> of people. But you are making a difference in people's lives that literally could be the difference between them getting out of bed and going and getting a job or a relationship or I, I guarantee. And and I'm sure you get emails and DMs all the time from people sharing, but that's a small percentage of the people yeah. that you're helping. So anyway, I just sure. thank you. Thank, thank you. you for not letting fear stop you. So <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. I say bring it on, you know. Someone's gonna fail, fail me because I want to learn. Amen. I'm here to learn. Let's do it. Amen. Um so me and Naomi, I go like a thousand miles an hour with, with everything that I think about. And I'm okay. I'm excessively intellectual. Um, I have quite a high IQ. I, you know, I'm, I'm right, right, right now. I'm obsessed with blockchain technology and NFTs. Um, we're releasing our own set of NFTs and Web 3.0 technology. I'm very much into that because the Astro what world is, is that? What is that? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, uh, <laughs> cryptocurrency. You know cryptocurrency. Uh... Okay. No, I don't know anything about it. Okay, okay. that's what so you're the, doing. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So it's kind of this stuff because it's it's the future of how it works on this thing called a blockchain. It's the future of how everything's going to be. Okay. Um, but so I'm obsessed with stuff like this. Like you know, I, I love science. Like I said, I'm a chemist. 
I did a degree in chemistry and I love science and math and stuff. But Naomi's more like, she just likes, you know, she watches, um, I don't know, Gilmore Girls. And, you know, <laughs> like, I'm, she'll, you know she, oh, she's watching it for the second, the you know, whole thing back to back for the second time right now. Um, literally, as I speak, that's exactly what she's doing okay. right now. Okay. Um, and uh, all I know is Lorelei. That's all I know. <laughs> that's, that's my Gilmore Girls. <laughs> that's it, right? And something about yeah. college or a job or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, so we we don't see, like, I want to watch, like intense documentaries about like you know molecular symmetry and group theory which is what i did my dissertation in Ooh. but nomi's like hey uh, i think like you know gossip curls on or whatever or pretty little eyes and i want to see it i'm like okay so what i have what i feel like is is a is a good kind of like balance is nomi says to me hey i have a problem and i need it solving come on genius let's figure it out i'm like okay sure i'll do it you know so she she kind of comes to me so she'll use me for those solutions when i want to chill i'm like no what can i do to chill i i my skin is kind of like like is like really eczema and dry like what can i do she's like do you know what i know there's there's this like i follow this influencer who uses a certain kind of moisturizer (laughs) so we have a we have our strengths because it doesn't mean that her value is any less valuable than my value. Oh. It just means that she has a different format to express mm-hmm. it, right? So I know nothing about clothes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, beauty products, like skincare routines, all this nonsense, nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if but if you wanted me to help you run a social media enterprise to get you to six figures, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. We could do it in probably a year, you know? So that's and so we do have our strengths and they do come together but at different times if the problem is if i was constantly i used to constantly talk to Naomi about aliens and like you know time travel come very much into paradoxical theory and things oh i love that stuff Go ahead. yeah right she <laughs> yeah. gets really she gets really scared about aliens and stuff uh, and i'm like okay. i watch a lot of alien conferences and documentaries and stuff about that and read books and stuff but she so what I've learned to do is I hold back. It's called like withholding. So I withhold things and it's okay to withhold things. If you think, if you, if you know that the person isn't really bothered about it. So I know that Naomi is scared about aliens. So I withhold my information about aliens because you know, there's a time and a place which I've had to learn. I didn't know that from the get go. And the only way, the only way you know is by trying and failing and there you go, fail hard and you can pivot and move on. Right. And so, um, and the same with, with, with Naomi, you know, she used to come in and be like, you know, it's like, girls would just want to talk about the whole day until like this person at work did this and she's such a you know this that and the other and they did oh my God, i really don't care but not like it's not important it's just because i don't know the people in the scenario right, right i care about what naomi's done but i don't care about the other people in in a, in a way where like you know I, I really don't care who's sleeping with who you know in the right, office right, right. but so she knows that like I don't want to gossip about Gilly stuff. And I know that she doesn't want to really go in depth intellectual into kind of like time travel. So it's, it's kind of like we use our strengths where they're available. And then if we want to dip in the pool a little bit, and if I want to know a bit of gossip about the office then I'll ask, but if she wants to know about time travel or if she's seen something about, um, I don't know, paradoxical theory. So she'll ask me a question. I'll be like, yeah, I know about that. I'll tell you about it. That is so cool and wonderful because instead of forcing your interests on each other and making your partner sit through stuff that they don't like and then they get resentful or anxious or whatever which 
you know, if you could see my hand, I'm holding it up because I did that with my ex. You know, uh-huh. you can sit through stuff I know he didn't want to sit through. Oh, man. And he didn't do that to me. He did not do that to me. So I got to give him credit for that. Sure. Um, and mostly because I think he would prefer, he would have preferred to be alone when he was doing the things that he enjoyed. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, yes, so, so for the neurotypical um, partner, I think it's really important to find others who share your interest in Gilmore Girls and yes. whatever else, makeup and the gossip and all that. Yeah. And the yeah, same yeah, yeah. goes for the autistic partner because, you know, your neurotypical partner may go with you to one Comic-Con, but they're not going to go to every Comic-Con all over the world. Right. And they're not going to watch every documentary that's ever been made on whatever your special interest is. Exactly. But, but do you guys come together and like have yeah. dinner and share for an hour? Or we do. Yeah. So, okay. so it's funny. So we have, and it kind of crossed over actually. My son likes Pokemon. I love Pokemon. I've collected Pokemon cards since I was in like high school in the nineties. And uh-huh. I have, I have one of those cards, you know, the card that everybody wants that Pokemon card, the shiny kind of like lizard. Yes, my I, daughter collected them too. I still have sure. them sitting in her old room. Yeah. Good. Well, <laughs> I have one of those cards. Like that's how sad I am. You know, these cards go for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I have that shiny card. Wow. But so I love Pokemon. My son got into it on Netflix because there was a, a friend of mine called Sarah. She's in a band called Walk Off the Earth, which is like an American band. Okay. And they they did the theme tune for the Pokemon series, <gasps> a new one. And so um it's because she's a YouTuber as well, like a YouTube band. And so my, uh-huh. my son my son loved their music because we were friends with them. And then he wants to watch Pokemon because they did the theme tune and now he loves Pokemon. So my, my partner, so Naomi now knows about Pokemon. I'm like, yeah, man, wow. I should catch him, you know, like we, and so <laughs> we can play Pokemon together now on the, on the Nintendo because, you know, it's crossover, but yeah, there is, you know, it's funny and it's important. Let me, let me answer your question. Every evening we have, we have, we have all our meals together. Uh, my mm. son, uh, Naomi and myself. Wonderful. And um, that's really important to me. You know, from, mm-hmm. I never had that growing up. Um, so it's important to me to do that with my family and um, uh, my dad worked all the time right and we just, it's really dysfunctional family my, my brother's a gay man my sister was an atopic so she was always six and my, mm-hmm. which is a cra- and, uh, you know you got the autistic kind of youngest it was a, it was a crazy household anyway yeah. um, we do share those those stories like you know, you'll tell me about the day you know a little in a in a, in a very concise summary mm-hmm. and, then, and then I'll tell her like hey I'm working on this project and I'll um I'll make it more digestible. Mm-hmm. But what, what happens from that is I know that, hey, and if I, I had to learn this, like this is kind of one of the tips I put in one of my videos. I really, I, I have like a notepad on my phone. So she says to me like, hey, I was watching um, America's Next Top Model and they were <laughs> using these, um, this actually this is a true story. She was like, oh, mm-hmm. they were using um, Dyson her hair dryers. And I was like, oh, cool. She goes, they look so great. And she kept going on about it. I was like, hey, this is an indication signal that this is a potential gift yeah. Right. I love it. I love so I wrote it. this down, and then I got, I did, I got it for a birthday. Um, and so same with me at Christmas. I'm obsessed with Fight Club. Like Fight Club is my thing, right? Mm, the movie okay. Fight Club, yeah, is, because it's it, it, on so many levels. I've been talking about it for hours. Okay. And so she got me this um, amazing hand drawn uh, print of um, uh, the the two characters in the. And the narrator uh-huh. and, and Tyler Durden, which is Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, kind of like half their faces. And it's in my office right now. Um, and she also got me like a Fight Club uh, coaster, which is like a screenshot from the movie and stuff like that. And she actually bought me a set of Fight Club action figures, which are super exclusive. Oh, so wow. if if we didn't have that hour to to exchange 
right what we see as valuable right we wouldn't we wouldn't we would never know you know what each other were into or what each other liked right it was really important because you know what this is something i've learned recently actually and it's really important why that's important is because if something is deemed unimportant to me it's equally as important to the person who's giving you the information as is that person who's listening to me ramble on about quantum mechanics mm -hmm. find that very unimportant or algebra i love algebra so somebody mm -hmm. finds out loads of people find algebra completely stupid and it's not important but it's important to me mm -hmm. so when i realize that i have things that are important that people think are unimportant the exact same happens when i think something is unimportant it's important to the other person yes. and the importance of that sorry for saying important too many times is that person needs to feel that they are listened to they are heard and yes. they mean something you know yes. it's super important Yes. And I think Oprah's the one who uses the those words together. And if you don't feel like somebody hears you and is really listening and oh, yeah. is validating you, especially in a romantic love relationship, and you feel like they're just going through the motions, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that I hear over and over again in the um peer support groups that I run for the neurotypical partners, yeah. they feel so alone in yeah. their love relationships. And Dan, you have given so much great advice and so many strategies that you and Naomi are using so that you're thriving in your 13 year relationship. And I guarantee you that most of what you've shared today, if any of the autistic partners, and I'm sure a lot of them will, are listening to this, and I hope they're listening with their neurotypical partner, they're going to go, that was me. That was me. Yes, I yes. didn't have a clue. I didn't know what to do to ask you out. I didn't know if we were actually dating and on and on and on. And I'm, you know, in, in love with Star Wars and I love talking about it and I want you to listen even if it's just for 15 minutes. So I get all that. It is so awesome. I want to ask you two more questions before we close yes. out. So you've talked about the, you know, joy that you feel with your son and your son's three and a half years old. And you said he's in, in, interested in Pokemon. Do you think that your son is neurodivergent or do you think he's more neurotypical? So we, we do suspect that he has ADHD because I have a come oh. with ADHD condition. So the way he is um, mm -hmm. and the school you know, they, they kind of, they kind of like hinted on some stuff, but sure. I think, yeah, ADHD, definitely. Um, uh -huh. I don't know the full neurotype yet because he's, he's only little. Right. Right. And I think that's so, that's so interesting too, because um, one of the guys I went out with during my separation, he had a, at the time, I think his son was eight years old. Um, his son was diagnosed as um, being autistic and then he never talked about him being autistic, the man I was dating. Yeah. And then we started dating again after I was divorced. And he said to me, um, I was just reading my son's second assessment and everything I saw in there was me. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so are you telling me you think you're autistic? He goes, I know I am. And he's 58, Dan. He's 58, Dan. You know, so it's like he finally Amazing. realized that he was autistic. He is autistic through his awesome. son's second evaluation or assessment. I, I hear this is so common. I hear it all the time. <laughs> Honestly, like the amount of parents 
that like go through the assessment and then the assessors are like because they have to they have to ask about your parents and stuff right. when you go through right. assessments because they kind right. of like because it, it, it's genetic right so right. Like, there's somebody somewhere that has neurodiversion like right type you know so right. it's really it's, it's, it's fascinating it is it is absolutely fascinating so we have talked about so many important issues our listeners are going to love love this episode i want to ask you if there was one thing that you could share with maybe younger dan before you got your diagnosis about relationships that you wish you had known is there something that you would tell that younger Dan that may have helped you that might help our listeners who are struggling? Yeah, you know, I I always looked at myself as being kind of in inferior in a relationship, right? Mm. Um, and I felt like, you know, I'll just make hay while the sun shines and I'll have fun while it can last. And then just <laughs> once you eventually kind of get rid of me, that's fine. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I think what I would have, like to have known is that uh i'm not inferior in a relationship i'm just i'm i just need to explain myself or, or mm. i need to i need to i needed to relax and say okay this is who i am and that's absolutely mm. fine it doesn't make me odd doesn't make me weird it just makes me different and mm. okay because i think a lot of the time i spent beating myself up which actually sabotaged relationships because i felt like you know, I was saying yes to things in a relationship. I had no idea what I was saying yes to because mm-hmm. I didn't fully understand. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't accepting who I was. Yeah. Well, that was really interesting. And I think it just, yeah, relaxing and accepting who I am and saying, okay, you know, be confident, be that person who you are. And just- I love it. Do it, you know? Because at the end of the day, if the person's going to love you for who you are, they're going to need to love you for who you are. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I have to say that I think a lot of the neurotypical women that are in the support group, they will say to me, I feel like um, I was sold a, a, a bad goods or something. Like I was misled because the man that my husband or partner was before we got married is a different person that I'm, mm. that I'm with now. Mm. And and I think that, that maybe that's a lesson for the autistic partners, and it goes along with what you're saying. If you're going to be in a romantic relationship, you both need to be able to be yourself. Yeah. And maybe you're not 100% yourself, you know, on the first date. But no. I think it's, it's sad that people feel they have to mask. Yes. Or be other than who they are to get a partner. That's so sad to me. It's true. And it all comes down to fear of failure. And you know, I said, you fail, fail hard, because that's the only way you're going to know. Amen. Dan, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and getting to know you. And I hope that we'll have an opportunity to talk again in the future. Because I know this is going to be like one of our most helpful episodes for both partners to, to really begin to understand neurotypes that maybe they didn't understand before. So thank you. Do you have any, well, I want you to tell our audience where they can find you. I mean, I'm sure there are going to be a lot that are already um, either subscribed or following you, but what are the best places that, that our listeners should go to, to find all the amazing work that you've been doing? Sure, right. Yeah, it's all down to how you want to digest the content. I actually okay. release content on every single platform. Right here on Anchor, you know, Spotify, um, Apple Podcast. You can find me. Just type in the Aspie World or Autism Podcast. You'll find me. 
if you want to reach out to me and watch my videos, the best places I would say is Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. You can just get me at the Aspie World, so T H E A A S P I E W O R L D. You will be able to find me on every single social media platform. Give me a follow, and also on TikTok now because you know Gen Z is taking over the world. And um, <laughs> and look, this this is this is one hundred percent real. If you have a problem, email me theaspieworld at gmail.com and I will do my best to give you the best advice I possibly can. I love that. Dan, thank you so much because I know there are so many people struggling and whether they're in a relationship or they want a relationship yeah. or they're thinking about a relationship hmm. and Dan has said you can email him and you can email us at, at neurodiverselove for you at gmail.com. Do it. Please reach out to somebody that may be able to guide you or maybe able to hook you up with some resources that will help you. We all deserve to thrive as individuals and in our relationships. Right, Dan? hundred percent. And since this, this podcast is near diverse love, there's yes. nobody more um, uh, open to love than yourself. Right. So you, so nobody's more deserving than you for your own love. So Amen. this is, this is interesting. All comes down to that as well. If you can love yourself, be who you are. I think all those other things will just be potentials towards solutions. Amen. Great way to end it, Dan. Thank you and stay safe. And I really, really, really appreciate you being on the Neurodiverse Love Podcast. Take care. Thank you. Peace. Bye.